Hello again, it's time for the autopsy of Dexter Morgan, your absolute most favoritist Dexter rewatch podcast where every week we dive into about two hours worth of Dexter, the Showtime premium drama that hasn't been on the air for seven years now, and we try to see what the show does well, what the show does not do well, what the show does meh, and ultimately try to find out what in the world happened to this show. I'm Daniel. And I'm Eric. And we are now at the halfway point of season five. We're going to be talking about episode five, First Blood, and episode six, Everything is Illuminated. So First Blood involves Dexter wondering if Harrison is going to grow up to be a bad person, if he's going to be (laughs) scarred from seeing Rita get gutted in the bathtub after he stabs after he scratches a kid on the face Harrison has not stabbed anyone yet that's coming <laughs> in later yet. seasons Yeah, and then a lot of it is Dexter and Lumen meeting up at breakfast places and talking about what she's going to do with her life uh, Lumen says she can't go back to her parents and Dexter says you should go back to those who love you she says there were more out there and I'm going to try to kill them and Dex says you should not do that then Lumen breaks into Boyd Crowder's house and tries to see if he has any clues to find one of the other people that assaulted her. And she gets a lead on a pedophile who was Crowder's cellmate, and ultimately it turns out he didn't do it as Dexter realizes he has an ankle monitor just as Dexter's about to kill him himself and prevent Lumen from doing that. They have a big heart-to-heart, and Lumen agrees to get out of Dodge, but then decides, oh, I have unfinished business, I can't leave just yet. Then episode six, we have Dexter trying to get back to his normal life by doing a kill of the week that gets so rudely interrupted by Lumen, who has shot a man in a warehouse and he's bleeding out but not dead yet, and calls Dexter to come do cleanup control. But as Dexter gets there, turns out he's still alive and is on the run escaping them, and Miami Metro is hot in pursuit of the crime scene because somebody heard Lumen fire the shots. What happens next is a odd comedy and mm-hmm. argument, and ultimately Lumen was right that this was one of the guys based off of her sense of smell and intuition. Mm-hmm. And it ends with a Dexter putting the two kills of the week in a room together, and Vince Masuka saying that it was autoerotic mummification. <laughs> and if that sounds a little bit kooky, that's because these episodes are a little bit kooky, Eric. (laughs) Yeah. um, You're absolutely... Like, the the sixth episode is both very funny, but also almost, like, nonsensical, and it feels like a completely different show. Um, I kind of really liked it, though. I don't know what you thought. I don't know what I thought. Like, I mean, I think I liked it, but also like, it doesn't make sense. It's not. It's it's a bad ending, but it's also kind of fun. I don't know. I actually think the ending with Dexter doing his crazy mummification thing is my favorite part of the episode because it is so absurd and feels like yeah. the only way it could end. Because it's like they can't get the body and wash it out in time, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's kind of a, it's a ending that we haven't seen before really that I kind of liked. I feel like we're just really diving in here. I feel like my problem with episode six is maybe Lumen, because 
I felt like a lot of, I'll say that I think her performance in Dexter's bathroom is very very good I mm-hmm. totally bought all of that I bought a lot of her in episode 5 but when she's like in the warehouse and her attitude is just kind of like snippety towards Dexter I was like what are you doing man like I don't really felt like I fully got that whole performance yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, we we can both agree that the tone of episode six as a whole is bonkers, um, and like it fluctuates so rapidly that, like, yeah, I, I mean, the character logic of like those behaviors don't make a whole lot of sense. I do appreciate that the episode, like, ends ultimately with the fact that Lumen is right, and like, Dex is kind of like doubting a rape victim and like not believing her side of the story which is like not a great look for Dex and like especially because the show often positions Dex as being the one that's logical and makes sense there's something about the way that they're handling like Lumen's afterlife of trauma that I think is ends up actually really working by the end of the episode and that was like very surprising to me because at first tonally it was not could <laughs> um it was very much kind of dismissive of lumen and lumen is had kind of been constructed a little bit to be like crazy and inconsistent and like you know being like gung-ho about like shooting off a gun in a warehouse and not thinking about things but like she's thinking with her emotions and she's like affected by a very severe traumatic incident that i think it, it both works, but also feels so tonally jarring based on the type of comedy that we get in episode six. It's a, it's just very strange. But I have to say that, like, out of all the things we could have expected from season five, I was not expecting an episode like that. Like, not even close. <laughs> yeah, this is maybe the weirdest thing for me, is that so far these first other than the premiere, these first six episodes are so much better than I remember them being. Mm -hmm. But I'm also not exactly crazy about them either, which also feels like damning with faint praise. But yeah, it's just very strange. The whole season so far, other than premiere, I'm just kind of like, I don't know how to react to this because I wonder if it is tone and maybe episode six just kind of crystallized that in a weird way. And I wonder if we're going to get more of that kind of very weird comedy i know of one example of this later in the i was gonna say i think we are i think i think that is going to be the tone that we start to get for the rest of the season now that we've moved to a degree past like lumen and like like lumen's trauma and revealing all of that who knows i mean this this was a completely unexpected turn so so what is yeah what about episode five we haven't really talked about that episode five you said you had a ton of notes on it. I had almost none. Just cause... I just have a ton of notes on uh, Masuka's stuff. <laughs> because of the, like, the reveal of Masuka having a dragon tattoo is incredible. And I loved that moment so much. Um, that So honestly, I have quite a few lines on all of that. So that might be where a lot of those notes are coming from. Um, uh, well, a little foreshadowing, but I have to say, this is a pretty good week for Vince Masuka. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, not only just for him, but also for our talk about him, because we're going to have a lot to cover. Um, No, I think um, I also think the uh, the the bench and the hat and the bat stuff in this episode uh, in episode five is not great. 
Um, and like, once again, the hat just kind of looks like a fucking buffoon, dude. He looks like, so he, bad. He's so stupid. Like, yeah, what did you think about all that? Like, this is this was the first note that I had for episode five was Angel, fuck you so much, you insecure jagoff. <laughs> just because he's just a a numbnuts for these two episodes, and then the right. en- the end of episode six is supposed to be him like redeeming himself but then when LaGuerta is like trying to admit fault on her own he's just like oh yeah I like it when you say that I'm right and I'm just like dude get the fuck out of here like yeah I okay yeah that whole like the fact that he thinks that she's cheating on him and like the way that like it's it's not that the bench's story isn't strong I like it it kind of like it makes a somewhat sense that like the bench wants to get the investigation off of him and like in doing so leads to a sting which then also leads to that cop going to quinn and peter peter weller the robocop it robo yeah he's the robocop he's gonna come in and ultimately be the one that investigates dex or like attempts to gotta say already really loving the energy he's bringing (laughs) yeah yeah so his tone also like i think it's i think that's one of the strange things about these episodes too is that he he's doing something else entirely. (laughs) It's really weird, and I wasn't sure about it with his first scene with Quinn at the bar, but then when Uh he was in Quinn's home and was talking, I was like, okay, I could actually get behind this. Yeah, it's it's something else. Um, And, like, his shirts, his hair, everything about his energy is just, it's phenomenal. Um, Yeah, also, though, I... This is, we need to talk about the very important stuff, which is um, the truly, truly chaotic placement of the television in the Bat's bedroom. Can we address that, like, their TV is next to the bathroom on, like, only one side of the bed? So, like, they have to watch it from, like, the end of the bed turning away. Like, it doesn't make any sense, and I hated it so much. I think you covered it. <laughs> yeah, um, I just needed to get that out of the way because it was it was um, it was bothering me a good amount. Um, yeah, what else did you think about these episodes? What else stuck out to you? Uh, there's oh, if we're talking about things in episode six, Dexter puts on a pair of sunglasses on the beach that are <laughs> Looney Tunes, and I simultaneously <laughs> loved them and hated them. It's in real... episode six, he said. Yeah, when he's like, when he's playing with Harrison on the beach and he's stalking his kill of the week, and then he just puts this pair of sunglasses on. That they're so weird. And why do I not? I I did not make any note of that. Like I mentally don't even have an image of it. I can't think of what that looked like. They're just like weirdly shaped and have like these lines on them, and it's great foreshadowing to when we eventually get to Elway, and I want to say season eight, maybe season seven, who has Mm. the most Looney Tunes sunglasses of the whole (laughs) show. And oh, Eric, you want to talk about Dexter Technology Watch? That's gonna be fun. Yeah, no, I'm very excited for that. Um, Eric, it's hard. It's hard for me to talk about these episodes because I feel like I'm in a weird position where I need to, like, divorce myself from the fact that this is a season following season four and, like, really try to take it on its own merits. But it's hard because they're also really trying to make it about, like, oh, this is Dex atoning for Rita's death. And I I see where the thread is, but I feel like if I gave it the slight tug, it just all pulls away. Yeah, I 
think I think these episodes are especially difficult to talk about because as you mentioned, like or as we've also mentioned, like the tone is just completely it's it's difficult to decipher and it's nothing like any of the other seasons of Dexter. And it's not um it's what's weird is that if anything, you would think that this would be the season where this is going to be like the most serious, right? Like, or this is going to be like the most um, explicitly dramatic, but it is like, it also, I don't know, like to me, the thing that one of the things that we've, we've both latched onto and one of the things that we're both surprised by, but also love when Dexter does really well is when he's like on the, like, basically being hunted and like had and or like is going to be found out or is like in trouble. And that's what this season is setting up a lot of, but it's, it's weird that it's not resonating or like working in, I don't know, in the strongest way, I guess. It's just like episode six, you know, like he has a kill of the week that goes horribly wrong basically and almost gets discovered but it's it's kind of funny, you know? Like, it's just, it's weird that that's the tone that it's striking when normally they don't do that at all. And, like, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting to see where the second half of the season goes. Um, you know, once Jordan Chase comes into play, like, once uh, once uh, RoboCop starts hunting him more, like, I agree with you, though. It is, it's difficult to talk about, like, what I think of these episodes. Yeah, like, I do remember like the Jordan Chase stuff and the RoboCop stuff liking that more. Once we get a few more episodes in, we'll see how that does hold up. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's just strange to talk about cuz I made a note that like Dexter moving back into his apartment kind of just feels really like hitting the reset button. Mm-hmm. And it's like For sure. Oh, we're getting Dexter back back in his old pad and he does it. Aster and Cody are gone, and he's has Harrison, but Sonya just takes care of him. And it's like, yeah, I get. It's like, oh, we're trying to have him atone for Rita by helping Lumen, but it's like, Rita died because Dexter got too invested in a kill and made mistakes and put his family in danger. And it's like, it's not the exact same thing with Lumen, but it's kind of close. It's kind of close. Yeah. It's like are. Th- I don't remember exactly how the season ends. I just remember an image of Lumen like smiling on the slice of life and feeling like her dark passenger is gone. Mm -hmm. Like, is that going to be the moral of the season that revenge just makes everything okay? Uh, yeah. I mean, so, so that, that I agree. Like, I think that that's, that's going to be the, that might also be one of the issues of why these episodes are a little bit like these, these episodes feel like pieces of a whole that like, there, there are so many pieces of a whole here, but that like the, the central theme is not clear. Uh, even the central narrative, like where it's going um, doesn't really make a whole bunch of sense because like, this is, I don't know, like this is like one of the first times that, I mean, Lumen's story is, I guess, somewhat similar to Miguel's, right? In terms of the fact that like, this isn't Dex hunting a big bad. Like it's him working with someone. Um, Uh, Eric, now it's someone he can fuck. Which, side note, there's no actual reason Dex couldn't have fucked Miguel. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) I I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that our... um, our fanfic on the podcast is, is continuing to grow stronger. Um, no, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just struggling with like, 
uh, articulating, I guess, where this stuff's going to go. I think the pieces that like are sticking out to me, which are not big pieces at all, right, is like the the moments of Harrison saying die-die as opposed <laughs> to like uh, bye-bye or whatever. I can't remember what he's initially trying to say. Um, I like, I think that's funny. Um, I think that uh, Dex once again, like singing um, over the phone to Harrison um, in a like, like instead of him browsing like crime scene photos, he's now literally at a crime scene. I think that that's <laughs> funny. I think that like the line of uh, like Quinn's place is all Quinn. And then Dex says, so a vast empty space. Like, <laughs> I think that's funny. Like there's a lot of funny lines and funny moments, but like, that's fine and all, but what is it adding up to? And I, I that's, that's the issue for me right now. Yeah. So a couple other thoughts. We haven't talked at all about Santa Muerte or Devin Quinn. Uh, well, yeah, I don't really want to talk about Devin <laughs> Quinn because there also really actually isn't that much in these episodes with Devin Quinn. But they like say they want to be a thing. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, no, I don't like that. I didn't like that scene at all. I didn't either because like we both agree that like Deb deciding to have sex with Quinn almost as like a coping me- mechanism where like, okay, we can buy this as in character. Them yeah. like legitimately having feelings for each other. Like, I really don't think they put in the work for that. No, I don't think so either. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, the Santa Muerte stuff also really doesn't go a whole lot of places um, in this. Uh, we kind of, like, maybe get... We get once again, like, this, like, uh, mislead of, like, thinking that Angel or the Hat is flirting with a woman at the at the bar, but instead actually is going to use her as someone that's close to the Fuentes brothers. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about all that type of stuff. Um, I do have, I do actually want to make a quick note of uh, a line from Captain Houseboat, um, (laughs) where he says, all you're doing is drinking and dancing on the taxpayer's dime. Um, Captain Houseboat sucks. Captain Houseboat nowadays definitely has a Trump sticker. (laughs) (laughs) He sucks. I hate him. That's all I wanted to say. I think it's technically Chief Houseboat now, but he'll always be Captain Houseboat. He doesn't yes. get a promotion after we name <laughs> no. him. Yeah, fuck that. No. One other thing I just have to say is, like, I know it's coming, but I really feel like I'm going to have a hard time accepting Dexter and Lumen starting to have sex. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's because it's it's not building romantically, you know? Like, it's maybe, maybe the glimpse at the end of episode six. Maybe. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays, um, how quickly they have sex, too, because I would assume it's going to happen in the next episode. I think by the next two. We're going to yeah. talk about it next week, I would bet money on. Not actually, because oh. I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um I think because of how we're kind of spinning the wheels, do we just want to jump into the segments? Yeah, dude. This is like the hardest we've ever had to time talking about the episodes. It's it's tremendously difficult. Um, yeah, I genuinely don't know what to do with these. So yeah, let's do the segment segment. Um, Vince Masuka on... Weekly Creepy Beater. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of Masuka. <laughs> so uh, Deb makes a joke that... Uh, like, good luck getting the midget porn off your hard drive and uh, that Masuka might have shown, to, to Dex, and that Masuka might have uh, shown her that porn. 
Um, he uh, threatens to drop his, quote, curtain um, with regards to his tattoo, which I think just means that he's going to put his clothes back on. Um, he, uh, his nickname is Sugar, um, which is hilarious. I love it so much. Uh, Deb says, uh, she's into needles. Why don't you show her your dick in reference to Masuka? He jokes about Deb getting Quinn's name as a tattoo. Um, I, let me just make sure I think that might be it for episode five. So, ugh, the midget porn thing's pretty... Uh, it's not great, but also a lot of this comes from Deb, which is interesting. I'm going to say that this is a four. Ding, ding, ding. That's exactly what I had. Okay. There, was, there wasn't anything particularly egregious, but... And yeah, a lot of it comes from Deb, which I don't normally count in my rankings, but it just seemed... It seemed like a low-level Zimmer Masuka this, week, this episode. Yeah. As for episode six... Um... So I don't think we get much of anything until his autoerotic mummification line. And they mention his keen expertise. He does, and then he uh, does a slow-mo jerk-off motion <laughs> as Dex's, Dex's voiceover uh, plays, which is, uh, I'm not going to lie, that like sums up uh, where Dexter's going <laughs> uh, <laughs> as a show. Um, because of that, I'm going to say that this in his knowledge of all of the things that he says about autoerotic uh, asphyxiation, multiplication, whatever. I'm going to say that this is also a four. I gave it a five. Damn, I was going to say five and then I moved it down in my head. I think what may have slightly put it over the top was his line, I wouldn't touch that hose if I were you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, but Which is also good because Lumen's fingerprints were on it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, man. It's... Dexter's getting a little sloppy with his crime scenes, like it or not. Yeah, yeah, that part to me was especially like, really? Like, she just hosed off all the blood, but like, she wasn't wearing gloves. Like, her fingerprints are on there. Um, that part kind of annoyed me a little bit, but whatever. Um, let's see, what other stuff do we want to cover? For Debisms, do you have any, any lines that Ooh, stuck I out to you? I didn't write any down, but there were some good ones. Yeah, so. Give them to me, Eric. <laughs> I'm looking through these. Um, I I did find, I see something here. She says, we're fuck buddies. And Dex says, you need Quinn for that? <laughs> Which I don't know why that, like, I think Dex serves as the audience for, like, really just uh, tearing into Quinn in episode five. Like, it's really fun. Uh, but as for Deb's lines, I'm not going to lie. I... I don't know if I have much of anything outside of the fact that, like, she has all those lines about Masuka. She just rips into him this week, man. Yeah, she, I mean, she rips into him. Oh, actually, wait, no, she does say Booby McGee's tits in reference to Quinn, uh, in reference to what Quinn is all up in at the club. Um, so that's a good line. But that's about all I have. Uh, what do you want to do next? Um... This was a pretty hairy white week, so we gotta go with Harry. Harry. Quite contrary. Why does your ghost haunt me, dude? So, because this is a light hairy week, I'm actually gonna, gonna change this up, and I'm gonna save the Harry that I was thinking about for a better uh, set of episodes. So for this one, we're gonna do um, the uh, soccer player Harry Kane. 
because okay. it doesn't we don't need to do that much with this. Just need to know that he's a soccer player. That's all I'm gonna have us have us have to engage with. So what do you what do you think uh, Ghost Harry Kane would be doing in these episodes? Okay, so episode six, I have no Ghost Harry, so he's only in episode five. Basically. I actually didn't mind the scene where Ghost Harry is yelling at Dexter to look at the ankle monitor because mm-hmm. it was actually kind of like, oh, like this is pretty pertinent and not just Ghost Harry being the normal jack-off that he is. And there's like actually some tension, some urgency there. So right. I think Harry Kane would have done basically the same thing, but he would have been like juggling a soccer ball during it. Oh, yeah, he definitely would have been dribbling while uh, while he was doing that. He would have been dribbling and then like like been been showing off his ankle and like maybe like alluded to the ankle rather than like being as obvious as Ghost Harry was. Um, yeah, admittedly, there isn't a ton of Ghost Harry in these, so I don't really know if there's anything else worth talking about with relation to that because I think that is the only that's the only stuff I have written down for both of these episodes. Um. Yeah, so um, what about uh, your Masuka Drag Race segment? Why don't you, why don't you throw us throw oh, us on there? yeah. So this time we're on to season three, and this one was a toughie because th- th- there's a lot of talent here, but this is going to be a first in that I'm going to say that Masuka's favorite queen for season three was the winner of season three, and that mm. is Raja, the fashion queen who was... A little bit bitchy at times, as she was part of the drag race clique, the Heathers, after the mm. movie. But yeah, I think Vince would find her pre- pretty pretty fierce, and I like that she's Asian American. It's becoming a little bit of a theme that I'm not explicitly trying to have happen here, but I'll <laughs> also get a second chance at some of these guys in later seasons. Spoiler alert. Mmm. That's fun when we get into the All-Stars. Even later seasons, who knows? Oh, man. All right, well, um, outside of that, I don't have any new segments in terms of no new character names. Nothing struck me for these. I feel like I'm, I feel like we're getting close to one for Masuka, but it does, like, because of these tattoos and everything, but it does feel like it might be too late in the show to be giving him a name. That's so. true. We'll see, but I think, think I I feel like we need to keep our minds open, see where these episodes take us. Oh yeah, definitely. This was a weird journey, these two episodes, and I'm I'm actually very, it's weird. I'm very interested to see where the season goes, even if I don't, even if I'm not loving the lack of thematic, you know, uh, tie together. It's for better or for worse. It's very clear in hindsight, like watching these seasons back to back, that there was a changing of the guard behind the scenes in between four and five. For sure. Like even more so than I remember there being. Oh yeah, definitely. But any final thoughts? Cause I think I'm ready to sign off. No, I think that's it. All right. Well, this has been the autopsy of Dexter Morgan, your most favorite Dexter rewatch podcast. We'll try to cut a little bit deeper next week. Thank you both again for watching until then. Goodbye y'all. Bye.